Hello, welcome inside How She Did It. Amanda Smith here. As always, so happy to have you with me. I'm going to go ahead and remind you right now, after this episode, before you go, make sure you hit that subscribe button. So this week's guest joined ESPN in 2014 and is considered one of the network's most versatile commentators. You have probably seen her as a co-host on College Game Day or hosting NBA Countdown, maybe on the sidelines of Saturday Night Football and primetime men's basketball games, or as an analyst for volleyball and women's basketball. Her versatility is continually showcased across the network on a variety of different shows. Here is Maria Taylor. here with Maria Taylor. And Maria, I have to tell you, we actually met very briefly back in 2018 at the Women's Final Four in Columbus, Ohio. So it is such a treat to have you on the show. Thank you so much for making time to join me. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I remember that Columbus uh, Final Four. That was a fun one. Like, we got to see some amazing games at that one. The last two, honestly, Final Fours for the women's side have been great. It was such an iconic moment with, like, Arike Kumawale hitting those buzzer beaters. I'll never forget it. And we got a pick together. So, you know, I'm going to post that. <laughs> oh, good. Good. We have a pick together already. We got, we got You're like, yeah, I know, right? You're like, wait, what do you look like again? And who are you? <laughs> Don't worry. I have proof. I remember from our conversation at the time, I was primarily working in digital, and when we talked, I remember you saying that you kind of started your career working in the digital space. Mm-hmm. When did you begin to feel your work in this industry picking up some momentum? Yeah, sure. So, And it's funny, too, when I started my career, um, I graduated in 2009, we think about the digital space now as being Instagram and you know, Facebook and everything that we're seeing. But that was kind of the beginning point of it. You know what I mean? Like not every – no, people weren't thinking if you're going to work in TV, you should work in digital. Where now I, I advise students all the time, like, ooh, there's digital jobs out there, and those are great jobs, and everything's going to the phone anyway and mobile devices, so start on digital. But I was working for the University of Georgia's um, – basically their website. So it's called georgedogs.com, and, you know, we're going to football practices. You interview a coach or a player after every practice. You, I was at the tennis match at the track and field meets. You know, you're literally at everything, editing highlights. And there was an office of about maybe five of us, I would say. And we covered every single sport at the school. And I also did radio for the women's basketball team. And then I did, like, the internet radio broadcast for volleyball. So that was my start. And the transition that I had to television was actually – working in SEC volleyball match. So the very first thing that I did for TV was an Alabama volleyball match. And then I always tell students, too, we think that we're supposed to start out in football or basketball or whatever because those are considered the better sports, which I could argue all day about. But (laughs) Olympic sports are on TV, too. You know, gymnastics is um, on television. The ABC was supposed to have the SEC national championships on this year. So if you work in softball or you work in volleyball or you work in baseball, like these are all also great sports and ways to get experience and don't rule those out. But that's definitely how I got my start. And that's when I started to see the transition. It was all event-based. It was mostly women's basketball and volleyball. I transitioned into doing some high school football on television, and then that got me going down the football path. But 
certainly the beginning was just every single day. We had the dog report or um, a daily, Georgia Dog Daily or something like that. And so every single day we would record an update on kind of what was going on around campus. As you talk about some of the jobs you had, on ESPN's press page, it literally says you are, quote, one of the network's most versatile commentators. Whether it's analysis, hosting, reporting, I feel like I flip on the TV and you are there. How have you put yourself in a position to continually expand your role at the network? I think you have to be willing to get very uncomfortable. I would say every time I receive a call and maybe someone's saying, hey, are you interested in filling in on Get Up for us? Or what's your interest level? We're just going to gauge your interest in working in the NBA. My first reaction is always, yes, of course, I would love to. And then I sit back and I'm like, oh, my God, what are you about to get yourself into? (laughs) (laughs) What am I doing? Yeah, exactly. Um, But there's a little bit of a fearless mentality that goes into trying to build versatility. But I will say that I've always kind of designed my career around that. So when I took the SEC Network job, some people were asking me, they're like, okay, well, you're already on ESPN doing ESPN college football games. Why would you go to the SEC? Like, we don't even know if you're going to be seen. We don't know what cable, you know, will actually have those rights. Will it only be regionalized? And the reason I went was because I wanted to learn how to host. And I knew that there was SEC Now, and it was a nightly show, and I would get opportunities to host that. And also, you know, the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament and things like that. So that was the beginning of proving that versatility. And that's how that translates into being able to host SEC Nation or being considered for college game day, but without some of that, you don't get there. And I think you have to make some, um, you know, decisions in your career and try to figure out, well, what, what do I really want my job to look like or what do I want to get better at? And even if that means, because in some ways people thought that that was a cut or I was moving backwards or you, you're not going to make as much money as you could and you're going to be working way more, you know considering all those things, but the one reason I went was to learn this skill set, and it has helped me ever since. When you have those sort of moments where you think to yourself, what am I getting myself into you? What is it that kind of grounds you? Usually it's a a conversation with my mom or dad. They always know that I'm going to be finicky when it's coming up on something new. I mean, even when I started NBA Countdown this year, you know, they were calling me after the shows and just checking in and be like, everything was fine. You did fine. Don't start picking it apart right now, you know. Or when I was just started filling in on Get Up and I wasn't sure, like, what, what am I doing? Like, what does the show look like? And my dad would call me after every single show. My mom was actually on vacation, so he took over that role and called after every single show and would say, you know, oh, I, I love the yellow and what you wore. And so sometimes it just takes encouragement. And a lot of times that's what I get from my parents. And then I think for me, faith has always been a big part of my life. So trying to remember and stay grounded, whether that's a quick prayer before or trying to remove the anxiety of it all because, you know, trying to think, okay, it's an audience of one and God already loves me, so I don't have to prove anything to anyone else. That's not the goal here. You know what I mean? It's just to continue to do my job and continue to take up the spaces that I've been placed in. So it's definitely hard, but, and I would say that I get nervous before plenty of things. I mean, we just did, when I do my IG lives now, I'm like, oh, well, this is new too. <laughs> like everything's yeah. new. So now I'm nervous again. And then you do it a couple of <laughs> times and you're like, oh, okay, I'm comfortable. Everything's fine. But that's okay to feel that, you know, it's okay. You know, I was reading an article that kind of goes with this and you had talked about early on in your career when you would go to coaches' meetings, you would maybe sit in the corner and sometimes the coach wouldn't even come by and shake your hand. Mm-hmm. And you said you learned to think, okay, well, 
if they're not going to shake my hand, I'll just stand up and shake theirs. Yeah. What shifted your mentality and helped you build confidence in those moments? You know, I think it was, I had a realization. I think at first I thought, okay, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be here or maybe this will be short-term or short-lived. You know what I mean? Like maybe I just got this opportunity because someone else couldn't go to the game today. And then yeah. when I realized, I'm like, no, you're here. Like take up the space and you're not going anywhere then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start standing up for myself and just being like, hey, I'm here. Hi, Maria, nice to meet you. And also realizing that you belong. Like, I think that that was a switch that turned for me. It's like, oh, you're supposed to be here too. I think some of that comes too with the great, the coaches that I started to meet that were validating and, you know, would remember you or ask you questions and be engaging. And I think at first, as we all know, like coaches are a little suspicious of most things and, you're a reporter, so they're like, well, what is she reporting on and <laughs> what information is she trying to gather and will she, you know, leak something or whatever. And so once that respect is built, once the comfort is built, and once they understand that they can trust you, there's a trust that's built, um, a lot of that changes. But I do know that I started just being like, oh, whatever. Like if I feel like I've been slighted or ignored, like now I'm just going to go and assert. I'm going to balance that out with assertion and be okay with that. I love that. You know, as we talked about belonging and, and validation, you are someone that gives that to those behind you. You are a co-founder of the Winning Edge Leadership Academy, which, for those who don't know, invests in the next generation of women and minority leaders in sports and entertainment. So cool. I was like stalking y'all in STEM. <laughs> you don't have to give your time to help those behind you. There's probably like a million excuses you could make as to why you don't have time. So why do you? It's interesting. I feel like this immense responsibility because I've been given so much and blessed with so much, and I'm in a lot of circles that I think the student athletes that we work with don't get to see every day, that I just want to share that. So a lot of times I would go on the road and have students shadow me or bring them to games, let them come to game day. If they wanted to be a producer, then go sit in the truck while game day is being produced, you know, those kinds of things. And five years ago, me and my friend, we were like, well, we should just have a, a nonprofit and see what happens. And we literally got the nonprofit book for dummies and started building. And my mom became the treasurer and so forth and so on. <laughs> but uh, I just think it's important. And my gift just happens to be relationship building. I think my gift is, you know, what I'm around all the time. And so our goal is just to be a bridge to bring kids that a lot of times, you know, they might be a first-generation college uh, graduate. They're not sure how to network or how to express what it is that they're interested in doing or how to find that role. And our job is just to connect the dots. And it's so easy and simple. Like, I think people think it takes so much energy, but honestly, it gives me energy. Like, when I hear a success story or a kid that's doing well or I check up on a kid and they're like, oh, my God, this and this happens, it makes me so happy. So I think it's, a, um, you know, people always say, like, I know it seems like I'm doing something for them, but they're really helping me, and they're constantly reminding me, like, what a blessing it is to have my job because they want to be in this industry or they want to work in sports in general. And so that's just a good constant reminder for me to, like, work hard, enjoy it, and put my best foot forward. Yeah. You have obviously been that kind of support for so many people who are maybe – some of those individuals that have supported you and played that role in your life, either personally or professionally? Oh, there's so many. Um, obviously, I've already talked about my parents, my family, but 
Coach Landers. He was my basketball coach at Georgia. He's always been someone who, one, when I first got out of school, I was like, well, I think I want to go overseas and play volleyball. And he was like, no, your future's in broadcasting, and you should stay here and take the job that's just been offered to you and do that. And at first I was like, what? Like, how are you telling me what to do? And he's like, you can go overseas and you can have a few (laughs) years of fun, or you can take this job and get started now. I mean, you have to start all over when you got back here. Do you want to be a coach? Do you want to be a a professional volleyball player for the rest of your life? And I'm like, well, no. And so it was good to just have someone who can speak truth to you. And he was able to do that and kind of break through. And then ever since then, he's he's been a supporter. He's the reason why I have a relationship with Robin Roberts. He connected us the first time. And um, because she used to live in Georgia, she used to cover the women's basketball team, and she did, you know, news and radio in Atlanta. So when he reached out and said, I've got someone that reminds me of you, she got on the phone. We talked about me making the SEC Network decision, and she's been supportive ever since. Anytime I reach out and have a question or, you know, just want to also be encouraging to her or whatever, her response is great, and it's great to have that. And, you know, I also have just – I work with great producers that support me and push me. You know, people at ESPN that are constantly like, we, we're going to uplift you. You know, we're going to give you this opportunity, and we believe in you. And not everyone has that at work, and I have it, like, on a daily basis, which is great. When he first was like, you know, I have someone that <laughs> you remind me of. It's it's Robin Roberts. Let me connect you guys. What was your initial reaction to that? <laughs> I mean, she's been my idol since I decided that I wanted to work in sports or be a broadcaster so for him to even say that I was like so there's a chance that I could be like Robin Roberts <laughs> you know what I mean like, when that when it starts to grow in you you know what I mean like it's kind of just yes. hold of you and so I, I remember him saying that and I was like and, and you kind of roll your eyes like okay coach like all right old man thanks you know <laughs> and then when he actually makes it happen you're like I owe you for life I'm sorry I ever doubted you <laughs> Oh, it reminds me of that meme or or whatever it is where it's like, so you're saying there's a chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So there's a, a slight bit more I'm in. Done. Sold. <laughs> I'm super excited because we have a little bit more time together. Guys, coming up on the other side, I'm going to quiz Maria on, well, herself. Stick around. Hey there, Amanda Smith. Still here with Maria Taylor. She has not left yet. And I have created a game specifically for you. It is called the Taylor Test. And so I've gone, like, you know, fun wordplay. I have gone through and found some things through your social media about you, so now I will quiz you and see how well you know yourself. (laughs) Okay, so first one. On your Twitter, your pinned tweet is with President Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. What game is that picture from? It was Duke-UNC last year, uh, UNC at Duke, actually. That was the same game that Zion broke his entire shoe, and UNC beat Duke by, like, 20. And that was before the game. (laughs) You had nothing to be nervous about. Yes. (laughs) If you were like, like, what day, I would have been like, I have no clue. You know? (laughs) Yes. Well, it was February 21st. I got it. There you go. Um, (laughs) I just was jotting down notes. Okay. We're starting off good. This one's a little bit harder. Okay. Do you know the very first picture you posted on your Instagram? No, I have no clue. 
I'm not even going to lie. It took me like a solid five minutes to scroll all the way back. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is the end. It was uh, from 2012, and it's you and two other women. One of them had just graduated from law school. Does that ring a bell? Yes, Yvonne. She was graduating from Tennessee's law school. <laughs> oh, so sweet. Mem, mem. Okay, on your Instagram, who is the last celebrity you posted a picture with? It's not a player or a coach. It's no. definitely JC. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited when he oh even acknowledged my existence. I was like, who's me? Yeah, hi. <laughs> How are you? You know, so and you're saying you there's there? a chance. Don't <laughs> say there's a chance. Exactly. <laughs> so we're, are we friends? Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so amazing. Okay, last one. The flip the switch challenge, big TikTok trend. We're all about TikTok mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. What mascot did you flip it with? The Clemson Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. After a really fun commercial shoot that I'm excited about for college football, and um, we were the whole time like chatting about we should do something fun at the end of this. Let's do something fun. Ooh, we should do a TikTok challenge with the tiger, and we just happened to have tiger pajamas sitting around, so that turned into a thing. I learned I can't dance, but it was fun doing that. No, you can dance. I'm more confused. You just ha- there were just these random tiger pajamas sitting around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because part of the commercial was just, like, tigers. Like, we were in Clemson. So funny. Like, everyone was dressed in tiger gear. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so there was an extra one in wardrobe. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Okay. See, you know yourself so well. You answered all the questions basically right, except for the hard ones, which right. you tried scrolling through back yeah, to the beginning scroll. of your I'm Instagram. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Go through memory lane. Right. Uh-huh. I'm going to try it. Those are my questions for the Taylor test. Now, Maria gets to answer your guys' questions on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Amanda Smith here with Maria Taylor. And now she is going to answer just a few of your guys' questions. Uh, First off, thank you to everyone who sent in a question. I can't ask all of them because we would be here for like three hours as much as I would love that. Maria still got work to do. So (laughs) first up. From Carmen DC, they would like to know, does each sport you cover require you to change your work approach, or do you just apply the same method? I mostly apply the same method, but, you know, if you're being a host for a show, that's going to look a little bit different than my preparation for a college football game, because that requires me to reach out to players, have conversations with coaches, and kind of get backstories and everything. When I'm hosting NBA Countdown, you know, I'm not reaching out to the coaches and players. I'm, tr- I'm reaching out to my analysts. Or I'm in meetings with my analysts or on calls where you're understanding, okay, wh- what do they want to talk about when we get into the Lakers-Clippers conversation? How can I best get them there? What information should I have on the backside of that to wrap it up or put it into context? And then also just understanding what my producer wants out of the show. So I spend more time with my producer and things like that so that we're on the same page. So it's a little bit different. And I would say the preparation for a game starts a lot earlier in the week where the preparation for a show, you're waiting for all these different things to shake out. You're waiting for games to end, and it might start the day of the show. You know, you wake up that day and start working on the rundown. As you talk about some of 
kind of the work that goes into that. This is kind of a good lead into our next question from Kim Adams. She says, how do you find me time and stay mentally sane with your sometimes insane work and travel schedule? <laughs> yeah, you have to take the me time, you know, in the, the movements in between games or events. So for me, sometimes it's on the plane where I'm listening to a podcast or reading a book or a magazine that has absolutely nothing to do with anything sports or my guilty pleasure is like watching reality shows. So I'll keep make sure I'm watching my episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta or keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> Whatever that looks like, that makes me sane. I know when it was scandal and like Shonda Rhimes Thursdays, I used to always be like, I'm not, I'm not going to dinners with the crew on Thursdays. I'm just sitting in my hotel room and watching three hours of Shonda Rhimes. You know. <laughs> So there are things you can do. Working out is another great thing, just like setting some time away for yourself. It's just how do you manage finding something completely that has nothing to do with anything else is what I try to do at each stop. Um, and that might mean taking a hike or figuring out what's local. If I'm in L.A., I go to Runyon. You know, if I, I just want to go shopping and it has nothing to do with buying something for work, you know what I mean, those kind of things. Shondaland Thursdays. It was Scandal, Grays, and How to Get Away with Murder, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I would say so. So that was the day that I traveled in for football. Speaking of football, you're just like setting mm-hmm. me up perfect to go into these next questions. Mm-hmm. So you're a good a good co-host. Thank you so much okay. for joining. Mm-hmm. Nope. No worries. Elf <laughs> uh, Nelson, 9912, mm-hmm. says, craziest crowd you've seen at a college football game? Oh, so many crazy crowds. Um you know, Auburn's pretty crazy. I always say that. I'm like, they're like a forgotten lore or something, or maybe they just get wrapped up in all of the, the SEC glory, but, like, they're always insane. Um, I would say Ohio State, they're not crazy, but, like, they're just, like, avid. Like, if they're going to get mad, they're going to get mad. Like, when we have Desmond on the set with us, <laughs> they are off him. They will never forget that he played for Michigan at one point in his life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> He will not get away with that, like, get out of here, you know, where when we're at Florida, like, I don't feel like the Florida fans do that to David Paul just because he went to Georgia, you know. Yeah. Um, so those two are some pretty wild fan bases, but, you know, there's a lot of them out there. Oregon's super loud, like, they're fun to be around, but it is a loud, Austin Stadium is a loud one to be in, you know. What is it like for you now when you get to go back to Georgia in a working format? It's insane. It's honestly like when we did it for college game day, it was the most exhausting probably college game day weekend I've ever had because you're trying to fit everything in. I want to go speak to my journalism class. I want to spend time with my friends that are still in Athens. You know, you want to make time for the athletic association, spend some time with the student athletes there. And it's rewarding. It's not something I never imagined in life that I would be able to come back and do or, you know, in any way, people care that I was back on campus. So it's amazing when I do get to do it. Like, I, I do enjoy that. I love it. Oh, I'm so sad. It's our last question. Oh, I know. Thank you so much for also being upset with me. Uh, Gator Dave, <laughs> 721, says, Maria, what is your favorite city to visit for game day? So many good ones. Um, I really did. I put Oregon on the list again. Because that was a lot of fun. Um, we went to JMU, James Madison, and, like, the kids were 
they slept outside. Like, I don't even know if they ever left the set once we showed up. That was crazy. <laughs> Wazoo, Washington State, it was the first time we had been there. And, you know, the flag, Old Crimson, like, there were so many historical ties to College Game Day. They, like, met the bus at the border. And it was the most fans we'd ever had for, like, a Friday show and Saturday. And they were so nice and just, like, happy to have us there. It was amazing. Um, those have all been some really good. Georgia, obviously, because it's home, so you to vote no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hometown representation. You you cannot not put them on when the you list. You can drive to work. You're like, cool, this will work. This works for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, like I said earlier, it has been so much fun to be able to talk with you today. I have to tell you, um, I've just always been such a huge fan of yours, and when we briefly got to meet I was, like, going back and forth. I had no consistent work, and I was feeling a little frustrated. And talking mm-hmm. to you really helped me, like, rebuild this confidence and have, have mm-hmm. faith that, like, everything is going to work out. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you for that, and thank you for this. And hopefully we will be able to continue to connect with one another. Oh, well, thank you for having me, Amanda. And those words are so sweet, honestly. And I think that's just, like, a reminder in general to all of us that, you never know if who you're talking to needs some encouragement or what they're going through. And so, you know, just to, like, choose our words wisely and continue to try to uplift everyone, especially considering what we're all going through right now. So thanks for that. I needed that reminder, too. So I'm glad we were able to have this conversation. And I know you're doing great, so keep pushing and keep on putting the, or having the great work ethic to make everything happen. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Amen to everything you said. Thank you to everyone who listened to this week's episode. For Maria Taylor, I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time on How She Did It. 